So this homily is brought to you by our third graders in the school. This will be fun. Do we have anyone here from 3B at this mass? I figured most of 3B would be probably at this mass, unless they snuck out with the second graders and below for the children's liturgy of the word. And then they're going to miss their day in the spotlight. So anyway, 3B, they're the ones who gave me all my notes. I asked them, when you think of a king, what do you think of? And they gave me pure gold. So what does 3B think of when they think of a king? So first of all, you have to have a, a king has a crown, right? And then there's a coronation to put the crown on the king's head. Those are things that kings have. A staff in the king's hand. Every king has to have a, you know, a castle with a drawbridge and a moat around it. A nice royal throne. You know, what's a king without his throne? A jumbo bed. <laughs> Every king needs a king-sized bed, right? Okay, perfect. Uh, you know, kings have, you know, lots of gold and crystals and money. A red carpet, you know, they have to walk on their red carpet. Uh, paparazzi, I'm not sure any king wants that. <laughs> but hey, you know, kings got to have paparazzi. People just uh, taking pictures everywhere. Uh, special fancy security, bodyguards, knights, and someone from the army to protect. And I would like to emphasize that they said the army, not the Navy, not the Marines, <laughs> not the Air Force. They said the army. I didn't make it. They, their words. Blame 3B, not me. Um, a fancy dinner. You know, you got to have a nice, you know, a banquet fit for a king. A secret garden. You know, if, hey, you know, a king's got to have his own special secret garden, prob uh, probably attendants that keep the garden looking nice. They thought of fairy tales. You know, there's normally a king in a fairy tale. They have a carriage to get them around. Their own, they're not taking their carriage. They have their own private jet. <laughs> they're not going to, you know, fly a commercial. No, they have their own private jet. Um, a bunker. You know, why not? You know, if a king needs his, own, uh, needs his own bunker. A limousine, if he's not in this private jet or his carriage. A helicopter, if he's not in one of those things. Most important to me, private chef. I, you know, maybe in another life I could have been, a, we don't believe in reincarnation. Actually, let me say that. We do not believe in reincarnation. The resurrection of the dead, yes, but I w did not have a previous life. I should be clear theologically on that before I start saying things in a homily. But anyway, uh, the last but not least, really expensive ice cream. I don't know, Kilwins, I'm not sure if that's expensive enough. Maybe they have even more expensive ice cream than Kilwins. Possibly, I don't know. But this is what 3B, when they think of a king, thinks about. And I'm sure in the heavenly reality, there's probably lots of these things, uh, you know, a fancy dinner, you know, you gotta have the, the heavenly banquet feast. Most of the time heaven is seen as a giant feast. I'm sure it's delicious. Probably that really expensive ice cream. But the good thing is in heaven, there is no money. So that expensive ice cream is free. So reasons why you wanna aim for heaven. Uh, let's see, you know, you know, castle, all those types of things. Um, I hope there's no paparazzi. I don't want paparazzi in heaven. That would get annoying very quickly. But I'm sure a lot of these things point to that heavenly kingdom. And we desire, as Christ, as our king, to enter into his kingdom there in heaven, don't we? That's why we're his disciples here. But in our gospel, you know, it's kind of interesting because we have this idea of a king. And again, like that heavenly kingdom, I'm sure, is very much like a lot of these things that 3B mentioned. Now, our idea of a king. But what about on this side of eternity? And in our gospel, we have a very different depiction of Christ the king. 
We have Jesus there in front of Pontius Pilate. And no, he did not have a crown or a coronation. His coronation was some guards placing thorns, a crown of thorns on his head, not a golden crown. He didn't have a staff in his hand. They put a reed in his hand. He didn't have a royal throne or a king-sized bed. He came into the world in a manger, a feeding trough, and he left the world, and his throne was the cross, arms outstretched, bound with rope, pierced with nails. That is his throne with which he reigned on earth. He, you know, gold, crystals, money, he came into the world in poverty, and he left the world in poverty. This is our king. He didn't have paparazzi. Instead, he had the crowd cursing his name and spitting at him. This is Christ the king here on earth. He didn't have a fancy dinner. Said they took vinegar and soaked it into a sponge and placed that into his face the day that he, the moments before his death. He didn't have a secret garden, rather the agony in the garden. There, as he knew what was about to come in his crucifixion. This is Christ the King, and we are called to be his disciples here on earth, on this side of eternity, as well as the heavenly kingdom. And we are at our baptism. We died with Christ. We entered into that to, be, to rise with Christ. And our parents and our godparents traced the sign of the cross on our foreheads, claiming us in the name of Jesus Christ that no other power or authority might have any control in our lives, that we might be completely disciples of Christ. But so often we let other things, other people, reign in our lives. Other things, other people rule our lives. Things like the media. And whatever the media says, and we just follow what the media says, and we let that dictate our lives, rather than using the reason which God gave us, the ability to logic through things and understand the world. We let politics and politicians be what rules our lives. How often do we proclaim a particular politician in the good works that they do, rather than the name of Jesus Christ the King? and the good works that he has done? Are we more willing to talk about a politician or Jesus Christ? Are we going through uh, social media? You know, I challenge everyone here to look at their phones, uh, if you dare, to look at uh, screen time on your phone and look at social media apps and to see how much time that we spend there. I know it's a struggle for myself. It's so easy to, you know, you look through and it's like, oh look, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. It's like over an hour each one. But how much time do we spend opening up scripture? How much time do we spend in prayer? How much time do we spend en enriching our spiritual lives and really taking that time instead of doing things which don't really have much weight? Sometimes we turn to celebrities and we, we, some people know everything there is to know about every celebrity and who's married to who and who divorced to and who's having a baby and they can tell you all the things about that and they don't really know much about their spiritual lives. Sometimes we let shame or fear rule in our lives. And we don't give the power and authority to Christ the King, but we let shame and fear rule our lives. Yesterday, I was over at Holy Name of Jesus in Indy Atlantic over on the coast, and it was beautiful, this conference. So many people were finally able to let go of shame which held them captive for so long. And they were able to surrender that away and claim Jesus Christ as King in their lives. So how do we proclaim Christ the King? First of all, for ourselves, like I mentioned, being able to uh, 
come and recognize that we are not the king of our own life in our baptism. We were enter into the kingly royal nature of Jesus Christ. We are not a king unto ourselves. We do not have that authority over our own lives because we will not save ourselves. We cannot bring about our own salvation. Neither can social media or the media or politicians or any of those things, but only Jesus Christ, the King. So why would we give any authority or power to anything which cannot bring about our salvation? But yet so often we proclaim those things first. So being able to first ourselves and recognizing the ways that we let other things control and dictate how we live our lives. Taking the time to educate ourselves on the faith. What is it that we believe? Opening up scripture. The parish has uh, purchased, formed for the parish to go on and see some incredible videos teaching us about the faith. We're about to do... uh, to get a program called Word on Fire with a bunch of excellent content for the parish from Bishop Barron so that way you may learn and grow deeper in your faith and see these heroes in our faith and what they've done for us. Things like that, opening up scripture, taking time for personal prayer. In your families, and I, 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 I've seen so many times, it's beautiful when families take the time to grow together in their faith. And it's not easy for these families. Some people, oh, well, you know, that family has it together. You know, they just have it figured out. My family could never do that. No, it's crazy and chaotic. And at the same time, they put it as a priority. Families who, uh, we started up Wednesday faith, uh, family faith nights once a month. And it's beautiful when I celebrate the 5.30 p.m. Wednesday mass before it. And so many families who made a presence here at mass before they did that, making that a priority. So many families who come regularly at least once per week to come to daily mass as a family. Then they have their school mass with this uh, St. Margaret Mary school. Then they come to Sunday mass. Um, I'm about to mention one person, Joanne, do not let him get a big head. Uh, But uh, there's a family, who uh, he works over in Kissimmee area and he drives all the way over here so that way he can be at mass, daily mass with his family. And he makes that a priority. It's not an easy thing for him to do, but he recognizes that Christ must be the king of his family. And he is going to put that as a priority in his life. It's so easy to put other things as priority. As a family, when you go on vacation, when you're planning your vacation and all of a sudden you're gone on a Sunday, do you look to see what churches you're near to make Christ at the center still of your Sunday, even when you're gone far away, even when you're out of the Winter Park area. It's an importance because that vacation will not save you. Jesus Christ will save you. For your friendships, those friendships that pull you away from your relationship with God. Again, that friend will not bring about your salvation. Jesus Christ will. And so are you willing and able to recognize, all right, this this friendship is not what I need it to be. And to either make that friendship what it needs to be and allow it to nurture your relationship with Jesus Christ or to recognize, no, every time I'm with this person, it leads me away from Christ and I need to separate this person from my life or lead them closer to Christ. In the workplace, again, we're so quick to talk about things like politics, what we saw on social media, what we saw on the news, but are we willing to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord that he might reign in our lives above all things. Because it would be so easy to proclaim other stuff, so much other stuff in the world. But we're called to enter into the reality of Jesus Christ here as our king in this side of eternity, 
Jesus Christ, who took the cross for us, that we might enter into his kingdom on earth, on, in heaven, that we might enter that heavenly reality and eat of that heavenly banquet, to eat that really fancy, amazing, delicious, expensive ice cream that we don't have to pay a penny for. We, if we want to enter into that heavenly kingdom, we must be his disciples here and now. We must lead each other towards that heavenly reality and be able to separate all else so that way we might be his disciples now.